Hello and welcome to another episode of the Baycare Clinic Podcast. My name is Alicia Schertz. I'll be your host for this episode. Our heart is arguably the most important organ in our body. It pumps blood and oxygen to all our other organs, and if not taken care of, can cause serious problems. Dr. William Whitmer, fellowship-trained cardiologist with Aurora Baycare Cardiology, is here today to share with us some thoughts and ideas on things that we can do and should do to promote a heart-healthy lifestyle. Dr. Whitmer, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Alicia. So let's start just by addressing heart disease in general. Talk about what that means medically and just how serious that issue is. So what, what do we know about heart disease and cardiovascular disease? It is the most common cause of all illness and disability and death for everyone in the United States, including men and women. In fact, 50% or half of the people listening to this either have heart disease or will develop heart disease in their lives. So heart disease uh, involves uh, disease of the heart and the blood vessels that the heart uh, uses to supply the body with blood. Uh, it can range uh, from electrical problems with the heart where you have trouble with the heart rhythm uh, to problems with the structure of the heart where the functional part of the heart, the pumping part of the heart is abnormal uh, in the muscle or the valves in the heart are not working well, they're leaking or not opening all the way also can involve, uh, includes uh, heart failure, where the pumping function of the heart or the leaking of the valves is so poor that the heart can't get the blood to the body it needs and fluid builds up in the body and in the lungs. Um, those are the main uh, causes other than the most common cause, which is coronary artery disease or blockages in the arteries that feed the heart, causing a limitation of blood supply to the heart itself, which can cause the heart not to pump well or cause heart attacks and sudden death. So uh, we do know that there are certain risk factors or things that make you more likely to develop heart disease. Those are smoking, uh, high, having high blood pressure, having high cholesterol, having diabetes, being overweight, uh, living a sedentary lifestyle, and also then having a family history of heart disease, which is defined as having a first-degree relative who is male who has had a heart attack before the age of 55, or a female relative directly who has had a heart attack before the age of 65. And it turns out all of these risk factors we, we, we talked about, smoking, high blood pressure, cholesterol, diabetes, being overweight, sedentary lifestyle, and family history, all of them except the last one are under our control. We can control them, we can do things in our lives to improve those risk factors. Interesting. So I wonder if we could dive into that a little bit. As far as those risk factors are concerned, what can we do um, to sort of reduce our risk of, of heart disease? The most obvious one and the, the one that provides the most benefit would be to stop smoking. So if you are smoking, stopping smoking will reduce your risk of heart attack and death by 50%. So that's a, a huge reduction. So that if you are smoking, that's the first thing I would recommend over anything else you're doing is to stop smoking. Um, then uh, as far as high blood pressure, cholesterol, high cholesterol and diabetes are concerned, it's important for everyone to see their healthcare provider at least every five years, uh, and initially, uh, you know, at age 18 at least, to be screened for those diseases and treat them uh, if they are present, high blood pressure, diabetes, and high cholesterol. But as I briefly touched on before, exercise and diet can actually reduce uh, the incidence and improve um, diabetes, high blood pressure, and cholesterol also. So uh, exercising and eating well can, can really do uh, a large amount to reduce your risk of, of heart disease. 
very interesting um, study that was done, uh, I think it's 20 years or so ago now, uh, by Dan Butner, who uh, with National Geographic went around the world and found out where in the world were people living the longest. Where were the most people uh, over 100, or centurions, they called them. And they went to all these areas in the world and, 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 and lived with them and tried to figure out lifestyle habits that they had in common that might there be a, thereby be associated with living longer and healthier. And there were nine things discovered called the Power Nine. I'll just go over a few. One is to move naturally, meaning these people didn't go to the gym to exercise every day, but they did walk every day, either to the market or to their friend's house or uh, down to the lake or water wherever they lived. Um, the other thing they did was eat more plants. They all ate less meat and more plants. And uh, interestingly, in Okinawa, which was one of these regions where people lived over 100 frequently, they, there was a, the elders in that community would chant every, uh, every time before they had a meal and they sat down, they would say a phrase called Harahachi Bu, which means eat only till you're about 80% full and then stop. And also it, 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 they, they would use these smaller vessels to eat out of. They would eat slower. They wouldn't do anything else but eat while they were eating. They wouldn't, you know, weren't distracted by TVs or cell phones or doing other things. And those things can help uh, to reduce your uh, quantity of food you're eating. And the last one that's associated with what we're talking about is to have the right tribe, meaning they had friends and associates who had a goal to live a healthy lifestyle and would take walks together and things like that. Interesting. I think that's something we've all heard before, diet and exercise, diet and exercise. But what does that mean for people realistically? I mean, a lot of people work in an office. They have sedentary lifestyles just in general, just based off their jobs that they do. What is exercise for the average person? So um, I guess I'd start out by, by talking about what, what's recommended as ideal exercise, and then we can kind of segue off of that. But um, the American Heart Association recommends as ideal exercise 30 minutes of moderate intensity exercise five days a week or 25 minutes of vigorous exercise three days a week, along with uh, muscle strengthening exercises two days a week. So what is moderate exercise? It's really not as much as some people might think. Just walking at a reasonable pace without stopping is moderate exercise. So it could just be a 30-minute walk. Um, dancing, gardening, housework, walking a dog, often that's a great way to start exercising is to have a pet or uh, you know a dog and walk your dog every day. Uh, that's a, a huge way uh, to get a good exercise. Um, slow bicycle riding is moderate exercise or slow swimming. And then vigorous exercise would be more things you would think about as, as exercise. Uh, you hear about more like running or jogging, walking fast uphill, fast bicycling, or fast swimming. So working one of those into your, or having a goal of working one of those things we talked about as moderate exercise, doing almost every day or five days a week is, is a great goal to have. And you know, start slow. If you're, if you're not exercising at all, just start out doing five minutes of a walk you know, and then gradually build on that. Uh, so your goal is 30 minutes at a time. Do you have any healthy lifestyle tips or anything that, that people can do to, to try to get motivated for that exercise? So yes, one of, one of the keys I think is to build it into your daily activity. So, um, you know, instead of taking the elevator, take the stairs and get in that habit. You know, if you have to walk somewhere every day, take the long way rather than the short way to increase the amount of walking you do and make it a, a routine and a habit. Um, and, and, and how to start a new habit, there, there are uh, several, you know, uh, advice books on that. One uh, is by uh, 
James Clear called Atomic Habits, who has some really good advice on how to start a new healthy habit. Uh, one of the things he talks about is habit stacking. So that means attaching it to something you're already doing in your life. So say every morning when you brush your teeth, say every morning when I brush my teeth, right after I finish I'm brushing my teeth, I'm going to do a yoga routine or a five-minute exercise routine where I do some squats or up-downs and do that every day. And after you do it for, you know, 20, 30 days, it'll become a habit and easy to do. Then you can build on that and do it for longer or, or add other activities to that. The other way to, to, to be more likely to continue with a habit is to make it, make it fun. So say you're on a, you want to do the treadmill, get a Netflix series you like and start watching that series and tell yourself, okay, I can only watch the series when I'm on the treadmill. And then commit yourself to doing that so that you are, you know, on the treadmill more often and every day. And, and, and watching that show will keep you on there longer. And that sometimes works really well. And then reward yourself uh, for completing the habit. If you do the habit and you check it off the calendar, you know, and that's the other thing to do is to keep a calendar where, you, where every day you do the habit you're trying to, to do, you put a big red X and then you're more likely to do it the next day because you don't want any spaces on that calendar. And then once you do it for a week, say, okay, now I get to go to Starbucks and get a special treat or go to a movie I wanted to see or, or give yourself some kind of reward. And then if one other uh, uh, habit tip that helps uh, when you're just trying to get motivated to start the habit, like to get on the treadmill uh, or to just get down and do some push-ups or to do some exercise. One thing I found that helps is uh, something introduced by Mel Robbins in a book called The Five Second Rule, where you bypass your brain's natural ability to distract you and come up with reasons why not to do it. So say, okay, I'm going to get on the treadmill in the basement now. And then your mind starts thinking, oh, well, I want to do this first or that first, and I'll do it tomorrow or whatever. Instead of going through all that in your brain, once you have the thought to get on the treadmill, say five, four, three, two, one in your head. And when you get the one, you're just going to go down there and do it. You know, that's a, one way to initiate your activity to keep it, keep from getting distracted and keeping your brain from causing you not to go ahead and do that healthy lifestyle habit. I think that that kind of can reassure some listeners that it doesn't need to be a lot. It can start off slowly and then sort of build into to what is a healthy lifestyle. So right. let's talk about the next big one that we're all aware of. Um, and we have temptations every day to, to kind of stray from that. But diet is, is also very critical to a healthy heart. So can you talk a little bit about uh, the aspects of that? So yes, diet. Uh is a very important part of uh, heart health and having a healthy diet can reduce your risk a lot. And as we touched on before, it'll lower your cholesterol, lower your blood pressure, um, and improve your lifespan and, and in, improve your energy level uh, and uh, uh, many other things in your life. Um, so when it comes to diet, um, long-term, it's kind of a good idea to think about a diet that you'd be more likely to stick with forever rather than one that would be a fad diet and you just do for a couple of weeks because almost every single diet out there will work for a month. Mm -hmm. But when they researched this, they found that there's none of those, none of those diets are more likely to be stuck to for a long period of time. And that's what's most important. And that right. varies from person to person. So South Beach diet is very good. Weight Watchers is very good. If one of those appeals to you, then go for it, you know, do it and try to stick to it long term. If you want to know the absolute best diet and, and, and maybe pick things from it that, that would appeal to you, the one that's been studied the most and shown to be the most healthy is the Mediterranean diet. Mm -hmm. And what is that? That is uh, a diet where um, uh, there are a number of things taken into account. One is eating more fish and poultry over red meat, and red meat includes beef and pork. Uh, two, uh, the other big one in it is eating a lot of fruits and vegetables, up to five servings a day. A serving is usually like half a cup 
of a fruit or vegetable. Um, and then eating a lot of nuts, beans, and seeds. All the nuts are healthy and have that healthy vegetable fat in them that reduces risk. Um, eating dairy and eggs uh, is okay, uh, but in moderation, not a, not a ton. Using olive oil as your primary cooking oil is, is felt to be very good. And then eating more fat from vegetables like the nuts, uh, avocados, and olives have a lot of good vegetable oil in them. Cut back on processed foods. You've heard that story about shopping in the rim of the grocery store rather than the center. The rim is usually where most of the healthier whole food is, all the good plants and, and uh, whole foods, and stay away from the center of the grocery store where all the boxes are screaming at you, low fat, good for you, low cholesterol. Usually when they're screaming that on the package, it's not really true. And it's man-made processed food that is less healthy. If you are going to eat carbohydrates, you know, whole grains are better than um, processed foods. So if you are going to eat bread, make sure it's a whole grain bread and maybe dip it in olive oil rather than butter. Okay, so that sounds easier said than done um, when you're talking about a diet like that. Do you have any tips as far as getting started with a diet like that or, or how we can avoid some of the temptations that we all face? Sure. Uh, there are a lot of tricks you can do. Um, and, and again, like with the exercise, I take baby steps first. Just change one little thing at a time and then you'll be... You know, once you're successful at that, that encourages you, encourages you to do more and uh, uh, try more healthy changes in your diet. Soda is bad, diet and regular soda. And, and if you're drinking regular soda, that's a ton of sugar. Um, I was drinking good four regular Cokes a day about 20 years ago, and I realized I was eating about almost 100,000 calories in Coke every year. And, and that really struck home with me. Maybe calculate how many calories you're you're eating in some bad food and that might stimulate you to change. And as far as soda is concerned, you know, changing to another drink to substitute for it, I chose tea because I like tea and I gradually took the sugar out of it. So I was eventually eating, drinking tea without sugar, which is very healthy. And I would drink that instead of Coke. And that's been successful for me. You could substitute coffee or water, you know, or a healthy flavored water. Um, another big tip is to keep bad food away from you. So it's not tempting you because if if, if there's bad food in the house, you're more likely to eat it. Um, my One of my um, weaknesses, and everyone knows what their weakness is, whether it's ice cream or cookies or, or cake or chips, uh, try to keep them out of the house. And one of mine was Oreos, and you know I would always repeat the mantra to myself, keep the Oreos out of the house. If they're not there, I won't eat them. If they're there, you know, and it's 8 o'clock at night, I'll, I'll be gobbling them up till they're gone. You know, So that's one trick. Um, the other thing is to find a healthy snack that you do like, whether it's walnuts or almonds or nuts of any kind or some vegetable that you like, like carrots or um, you know cabbage or something like that, and keep that available everywhere, at home, in your car, at work. So when you get an urge to eat and you want to eat a, a poor, poorly, try to have one of those healthy snacks first. Another thing is to not eat after dinner, and there are several tricks for that. One would be to you know, brush your teeth and say, okay, I'm going to brush my teeth and I'm ready for bed and I'm not going to eat anything else. And if you do get that urge to eat, just have a glass of water or one of those healthy snacks we talked about. Another trick is to uh, cut back on your portions. You know, maybe use smaller plates or smaller vessels to hold your food and serve out much less food than you think you, uh, than you want initially and eat it and then wait 15, 30 minutes to see if you're really hungry. So it sounds like there's definitely a few takeaways. Can you just maybe summarize that for, for our listeners as far as the, the few takeaways that they can do for a heart-healthy life? So uh, to keep it simple in summary and just have, say, three things to say, one would be it's very important to see your health care provider regularly and get screened for 
diseases that can increase your risk that can be treated, diabetes, high blood pressure, and high cholesterol. Um, second thing would be to eat more fruits and vegetables and plants. And the third, I would say, you know, this sounds kind of crass, but only exercise in the days you eat, meaning try to work exercise into your routine every day, whatever small amount it is, and then gradually build on that. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Dr. Whitmer. I've certainly learned a lot, and I hope our listeners have as well. Uh, again, Dr. Whitmer is a cardiologist with Aurora Bay Care Cardiology. He's fellowship trained in interventional cardiology. For more information about BayCare Clinic or to request an appointment, visit baycare.net. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Alicia.